The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, an anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Got Games in Dell City, Green Bambino, Paseo Plunge, and My Chic Geek in Oklahoma City, and Waving Wheat Bakery and Bistro in Norman, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 227 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. Our friends at Literati Press are moving forward with its biggest project so far, a Kickstarter for its new comic book, We Promised Utopia, is coming up on February 18th. Joining us to talk about it is creative director Charles Martin, art director John Eric Osborne, and creator of the comic book, Adrian Morales. Guys, welcome to the show. Hi, Michael. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. So, Adrian, I hope I'm not doing any video because I'm not taking off my hoodie. No, 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 no. <laughs> On this cold day, we're, we're just doing audio. I think that's better that way. <laughs> uh, Adrian, let's start with you. Tell us about uh, We Promised Utopia. Yeah, sure. Uh, so the comic book really kind of like came about uh, in a very long car ride with uh, one of my buddies. Mm -hmm. And he's a co-creator as well. His name is Robert Coleman. Uh, and we were going out to a job site. So we both work. Uh, we, we were working at Chesapeake at the time, oil and gas. And this was like a super long ride out to uh, South Texas. And we just started talking about just like very niche kind of like storylines and, and TV series on Netflix. And we, we started kind of like talking about this idea of having a, a kind of like a, a story uh, or, or, or a TV series that was kind of like based off of energy consumption and, and energy utilization around the world and taking kind of like that energy intensity from different families around the world and kind of like interchanging them with each other. And then that, that conversation led to another conversation <laughs> of what, this would look like in an actual uh, like futuristic kind of society where the society was really focused on building wealth in a different manner. So instead of building wealth and accumulating uh, money in a bank, that the actual wealth was accumulated within the world itself. So as a, as a natural resources, as a green plants and um, cleaning up uh, polluted areas. Uh, and then from there, you know, we just kept talking about it and we came up with the, would human beings be so efficient at this that they could have some issues down the line and, and what those issues could look like. And that's kind of like where we explore that third timeline. So kind of like in a nutshell, it's a, it's a three part story. One, uh, one in current time, uh, as, as we are now in the current global climate crisis and what humanity uh, is doing to 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 solve that, and in particular, one one character, Isabel, and uh, Charles is the developer of all those characters, like amazing characters. Mm -hmm. And the second timeline focuses on Mangus, which is uh, kind of like the uh, detective auditor, seeing uh, investigating things in in the middle timeline, and then far out into the future, um, trying to understand what happened to that utopia that was promised and that we did achieve um, in the second timeline. 
That's amazing. And we started this Kickstarter. Uh, Charles, what, why? first off, just for people who haven't tuned in any past episodes, which we've had you guys on several times talking about Kickstarter, why is Kickstarter, why do you use that for these comic books? Well, we are utilizing it as a kind of initial pre-sell distribution to start building mm -hmm. uh, enthusiasm. Uh, in our fan base so that it makes it a little bit easier for us to then roll it out on a national level. We use this, uh, Natasha Altarici used this uh, strategy really, really effectively with Heathen mm -hmm. and took a comic that we started out with printing 200 copies of it to send to a couple of book, comic book shops around the city to distributing it globally um, within just a couple of months. So it's a really effective tool to start building that, you know, first wave of adopters that are really eager to find new things and are really willing to push it. So um, we're trying to do this with kind of a two tier starting with Kickstarter and then rolling out a more traditional distribution system starting this summer. So if you want to get a co copy of the comic before it actually hits comic book stores, this is the way to do it. This comic won't be slated for release until August. Mm -hmm. Not to mention there's a lot of incentives to go along with the Kickstarter other than just getting a book. It gives opportunities to talk to artists and creators and, and opportunities to uh, get other kinds of incentives that we're really excited to share the news with. And Eric, what are the, what, first off, what are, what's the levels that you guys are going to be trying to start at just, to, just when you start out on February 18th? Well, the one thing I'm kind of interested in trying out is getting a way to talk to fans. Like I have a lot of experience as a corporate artist, as a designer and as an illustrator. One of the things I'm offering is, hey, if you want to try this stuff out, if you want to do your own comic, but you need some advice, need to connect to people, talk to us. There's one tier that you can buy where I give instruction and my experience as an educator and as a as a teacher and as an artist is something I want to share with people out there and do interviews and and give counsel on their portfolio if they're interested. And Charles, you had a couple other things you want to mention with that as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have another one that um, this will be the second time that we've second time that we've offered it is where I do it's really it. cool. Yeah. I go over somebody's script with them or even just their idea and advise them on storytelling. Um, kind of a 45, 45 minute men mentorship workshop on uh, whatever piece they want to send my way. Um, the, we're, this is kind of an idea that Literati has always been very focused on, that mentorship is crucial for an institution like what we have in Oklahoma, simply because there just aren't many other opportunities for things like this. Yeah, not we work really hard at fostering community. Yeah, yeah not Thank everyone can go to college. Not everyone right. can go get an MFA. Um, so what are the other opportunities for the rest of us? Um, we've learned a lot of lessons in the last, you know, 10 plus years. And we want to make sure that the next generation coming up, whether or not they ever put anything through Literati Press, or even they start their own publishing company, we want to make sure that they have a much smoother road than we had because we can't grow this community unless we're willing to lift others up yeah. with us. I'd like yeah. to add something to that. Just yeah, Adrian, quick. go ahead. Um, just me being from outside of just the art community in general, uh, like when I went over and talked to these guys, uh, like the whole the whole community is is tight and small, and it's really well intertwined in, in Oklahoma City, and so they were really really helpful. Like uh, it was all just positive vibes uh, all over the place. You know, 
uh, for a moment, I thought it was like, oh, like this is this is like too good to be true, you know? It's like, <laughs> it's like is 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 the idea that that I'm bringing like really that good? But like these guys are really positive and and they really help out because I saw I've seen them with other storylines, other other people that probably I don't know their backgrounds. I don't know if they're artists by by training or not. But just my personal experience coming from like a technical background and learning a lot because I have been learning a lot, like. Lot, really <laughs> a lot um it's just been great and so i really recommend anybody that's thinking about just being curious uh art or artists or not uh it's definitely worth the time to go and meet the people and meet the community because they're they're very they're very friendly very helpful and for sure you'll come out learning something new and we've talked several times about sometimes if you're going to try and be an artist or a comic book writer, you've got to move to some of the bigger cities to find yourself in, in an, an internship position, some way where you can learn from the masters. And this gives an opportunity, the literary press, to, for people to learn without having to move away from Oklahoma. One of the things that has really, really been prevalent the last 15 to 20 years is the artistic community, particularly for illustrators, mm -hmm. is out of Brazil. It's out of, you know, New Guinea. It's out of uh, Kansas. It doesn't, we're not constrained to, to the two coasts anymore in terms of having access to high-end artists. In fact, uh, when DC signaled the move out of New York to California, it was sort of the end of an era of artists cultivating uh, comic illustrators mm -hmm. on the East Coast. And that shift has been not just from one city to the next, but from one city to a completely virtual community. Like one of the things that the pandemic has, you know, highlighted is that artists have been communicating like this with their writers and creative teams for over a decade. Mm -hmm. Now that that said, there is still something that you can't replace with proximity. And that's one of the things that I think we're moving a little bit more towards mm -hmm. is you're going to get more and more pockets of creativity because man, it's so hard to be out on an island trying to make things work. And the internet is wonderful. And definitely we've had to lean on it considerably this last year and we'll continue having to lean on it for another at least five months until the pandemic has kind of ebbed. Right. But there is just something about being in a room, physically in a room with other creators, whether or not you're working on the same project, but being able to feed off each other's enthusiasm. And... I think it is absolutely true that New York City, L.A., even Portland, these spots that have traditionally been the hubs of creativity have just gotten too expensive. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we're going to find more pockets like what we have in Oklahoma City where we're, you know, able to have a, you know, sustain a good, you know, living, but uh, a good standard of living, um, but finding each other. Uh, if for no other reason, to encourage one another to keep moving forward. What does the next year look like for Literati Press? Oh, oh, I'm excited. Charles, <laughs> just <laughs> that's, go. That's why I had it's, it's, this is the biggest thing. Like, I, I know it sounds hyperbolic, but like the shift in comic exposure for the next 12 months, this is probably the biggest thing Oklahoma's maybe ever seen. I'm super uh, excited. Um, so we got we got kind of lucky. Some things kind of broke our way. Um, in a way that they haven't before. So we're rolling into 2021 with a little bit of a war chest and we're going to make the most of it. Um, we are putting out three comics um, with a couple of others that are um, that we're considering taking on. 
And those comics are going to come out in kind of a staggered way. Uh, Glamorella's Daughter, which we've talked mm-hmm. about before, yeah. it is officially releasing um, two comic book stores in, uh, in July. Its next Kickstarter is going to be March 1st for issue two. Blackjack Demon is actually coming out in June. And its next Kickstarter is going to be in March 18th. And then we have, we promised utopia. So each one is going to come out at a different pace. So Glamorella's daughter will be four issues, one a month. Then we promised utopia will be every third month and blackjack demon will also be every third month. Um, the reason we're doing it like this is because creating a comic is really, really, really tough. Mm-hmm. And that gives us a little bit of extra time to make sure that we're ahead of the workload so we can meet our deadlines we're a little bit more fortunate with Glamorel's daughter. We've got more of the work already done and it was supposed to come out in 2020, but well, 2020 was not an opportunity. <laughs> COVID, <birthday>. yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things I do want to underscore about, we, about, we promised Utopia, the reason that we're so excited about this one and we're excited about all the comics that we're doing, but this one I think is um, really different. This is kind of an image style really um, intelligent and mature title that is, if you are a fan of like Expanse, the TV show, mm-hmm. that it, it has the ability to, to marry really compelling, fast-paced action with significant brainy concepts that never feel daunting. And that's really, we have such a massive team working on this one comics, which we've never been able to do before. trying to put together this idea of, you know, very topical issue of climate change and the survival of the human race, you know, not just for the next two years, but for the next, you know, two millennia. Right. Um, Doing it in a way that is not too daunting. That's not too hard to swallow. We don't want this to be an intimidating title that people are like, oh, it's, you know, Robert Stevenson, but just in a uh, comic form. (laughs) We want this to be just as compelling as like your sagas or, you know, some of the other really, you know, fantastic and satisfying image titles. So this is kind of, you know, our stab at that really lofty, um, you know, Eisner quality Mm -hmm. uh, comic. And I think we're we're, you know, almost done with issue one. We'll be done with it before the Kickstarter launches and we're we're off to a a heck of a start. (laughs) Adrian, how hard is it to find that balance between uh, trying to find a topical issue, but also still trying to get the adventure, the story going that, that, that matters most to people? So I think finding the topic of the story that could be kind of like contemporary and, and uh, relevant at the moment yeah. was, was actually not that, that hard to find. That, that part was, I think, relatively easy. Uh, just because we're living in it, right? We're living in this in this ever-changing world that uh, we have this this ever-present change that that's happening, and and as a, as humanity, we need to do something about it. So, I think the the idea of uh, of the, or the concept was relatively easy. The hard part really was like uh, on Charles's plate, which was lifting the concept into a story mm-hmm. um, that. That has been a really, really big learning experience for me because I remember the first the first few 
versions that that Charles showed me of the script. And this was the first time I ever read a script, you know, like I've never read a script of anything in my life. And just kind of like going through that and just putting myself in that position, like in that imaginary position of like, this is a character. And not only am I reading a script, but like, it's not like a book, like I'd, I'd read like, I don't know, The Hobbit. And like, I can imagine the characters and, and doing their things. But in this particular storyline, it's like, I can mold it as well. I can give recommendations. And ultimately, it's up to Charles whether he accepts them or not. These are just my recommendations. And But it's been really interesting because it's like you get so involved in the character creation that, that you, you, you can see them, you can feel them. Mm-hmm. And you, you start to change just either words, maybe even punctuation, just mostly like words and, and nuance because you want to get a certain message across that's going to carry not, not through issue one and two, but through issue 10 maybe, mm-hmm. like, we and, and those slight variations, I think, are. I think they'll be appreciated as the story progresses, and it's and it's it's. Uh, I'm not going to say it's difficult to do that. It's just it takes time to really sit down and think and and understand each character as what are their primary drivers, why are they behaving or conducting themselves, and how would they react under, under different circumstances. So, one of the things that that we did end up taking time to do is we created like these character profiles of their full background history and understanding what were maybe some traumas in, in their, in their early lives that would conduct them to be either very strict on certain values or flexible in others. Um, and so that whole just character creation together with Charles, as he was developing the story has just been amazing. I've, just, I've never, you know, <laughs> had to do anything like that. Like all my write-ups have been just technical write-ups before that. And I notice a, a through line, Charles, with all of these comic books that are coming out, uh, uh, Blackjack Demon, Grant uh, Glamorell's daughter, and uh, We Promised Utopia, it's character-driven. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. talk to me about that. Um, well, as good as sets can be, as good as action might be, people are there to watch humans mm-hmm. have experiences and that's what we identify um even whenever even whenever we are personifying you know robots changing into cars or animals or whatever it's still the human spirit that we're really seeking that's the heart of every story um we want people to identify with the characters that we have we want them to understand their struggles we want we want to basically allow our characters to live and breathe so convincingly that they sell whatever crazy idea we put in front of them. Um, And that's something that, especially on a book like We Promised Utopia, or even with Blackjack Demon or Glamorella's Daughter, um, you know, the concepts are kind of, you know, can sometimes be a little out there. Um, But if they, if you can make your reader believe and care about the characters, then you can get away with anything. Um, so we put so much stress on that and kind of getting back to what Adrian was talking about. This isn't, we're not approaching, we promised utopia, like a comic book. We're, we're approaching it like a TV show. Mm-hmm. We have, um, four creators, uh, Robert, Adrian, though they were the ones who really came up with the initial bones of it. And then they came to me to start scripting. And then we brought in Eric, um, as an art director. And then we're also giving our, other two artists, Chloe and Jonathan Kelsch, 
you know, quite a bit of leeway to really help flush out the world. Um, so all these decisions we make on the long-term, you know, scope of, you know, the human plight, um, as well as just the little nuances and characters or even technology, um, it, this is really about building a playset for these really flushed out humans mm -hmm. to exist within. And as long as, you know, as long as they are convincing, then we really feel like we can say something really important and timely about this huge issue of climate change and maybe illuminate the idea to some people that might be willing to take the next step and start advocating for better policy. And because you put it in a human perspective, because you tell it through other people's eyes, other people's stories, then you're actually telling our story in essence and saying, this is what we need to be doing to make a better future. Yeah. We wanted to tell a story of hope Yeah, and there are definitely severe cha challenges and some setbacks, but ultimately this is a story about what humans could accomplish if we were willing to have a little bit more long-term foresight and then consequently, consequently what happens when we lose that foresight. Yeah. Eric. And, and, I, and I, I think we're yeah. leaving out probably one of the most important things and I don't, sorry to interrupt, no, you're but, good. You're uh, good. this is a chance that we really have uh, as a community to talk about how important space cars are. And That's right. <laughs> um, I get to draw car? space cars. I get to draw flaming statues. I get to draw primitive beasts getting stabbed by spears. And that's really what this is all about. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of flash, a lot of flash and flop, pop hey, on this. Yep. That's great. And, uh, you know, I love the fact that, you know, these, these three titles are just, I, I love the fact that you guys are putting these out and really hoping to establish, and if, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the literati press as the place where maybe this is the next boom studios, the next image, the next, but it's here in Oklahoma city. Is that what yeah, you guys are hoping no to do? No yeah. question. Yeah. I, I, I want to talk about the art team real quick because yeah. I'm so stinking proud of my, my, my peoples. So Chloe, uh, Elamam and Jonathan Kelch, uh, some of these names may sound familiar to mm -hmm. your listeners out there. I don't know. This is the best work we've ever done. Mm -hmm. And I, I get, we're busting our humps coming up with art concepts and designs and, and like I said, space cars and stuff like that. And it, and it is so impressive. Uh, Chloe is really like, she's so young and so gifted her ability to convey emotion of these characters in extraordinary uh, plight has been, I think, such a huge step, not just for her, but for the art community in Oklahoma City at large. She's really, really stretched her wings a lot on this. And of course, anybody who's ever seen Jonathan's work in the past, he's drawing the heck out of this stuff. He's drawing these dynamic cityscapes. I mean, I remember one page he spent like Oh, 30 plus hours on. And, oh and I was gosh. like, okay, I'm going to give you about 15 hours to do this. You're like, no, he has to draw every shrub. He's mm -hmm. out of his flipping mind. He probably has some sort of condition and that's fine. And I'm drawing <laughs> these, these smart women trying to build plans for a future society, going through giving Ted talks. And, and it's just, we're really trying to conceptually build up an entire universe. And, and literati as a whole, like, I mean, I bumped into Charles like three or four years ago, you know, artists as, as a community in Oklahoma, we're all very isolated typically, but something happened around that time. And not just for me, you know, with Jerry, with John, with uh, a lot of other people that are, you know, getting a, a bit of a name and, and 
a little bit of notoriety in the community. We all kind of came together around this time and to have it all sort of coalesce this year with the literati press, we are really proud of what's going to come out in the next few months. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee if you are a reader of, of sci-fi, if you like Ridley Scott, if you like Steven Spielberg, if you like it, contemporary sci-fi, if you like Westerns, if you like action adventure, we have got something that's going to impress you. And I know it's not like a shell. I don't even own the company. I'm just some jackass <laughs> who's working for him. But I, I love this stuff. I'm so proud of it. But that's what I love about something small like this is you can get excited about it. I'm, I don't have any interest. In, I'm not in, involved in literati press. I'm excited for literati yeah. press and what it means, not just for the, the organization, but for Oklahoma City in large and, and artists yeah. and, and, and writers at large. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead, Adrian. I was just, just going to say one of the things that I really have loved in seeing this process is that, yeah, as, as as one of the creators, like I just had a concept of what it what what I think would be a pretty cool story. Mm -hmm. And one of the first conversations I had with Charles was like, well, yeah, let, let's let's work on it together. Let's see how it goes, and then we make a decision whether we we move forward with art or not. And uh, and at the very beginning, I, I I'm pretty sure I told him like. I'm just interested in telling a story. Like, it's fine. Like, I just want to get a good story out there. And what's been really, really eye-opening to me is for me to take a step back, just present my concept. I took a step back and then Charles gave it life, right? He gives his own life. And that was so amazing to see that. And then take a step back again and allow the next group of people that, that, that were involved in it when we did a table read and I didn't, I didn't take on any any character at all. I just wanted to hear other people interpret them, and that was really amazing. Just seeing them give life to those characters in a different manner, and then Eric coming in and starting to organize Chloe, Jonathan, and his own art into the book as well. And they're all super talented. Seeing Chloe's art style in that in that timeline where it's really almost like like uh, juxtaposed mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of kind of concept to her artwork but it, it works great and jonathan like with his technical ability to, and imagination it's awesome and eric with his ability to just kind of bring it all together and make it work because like i know it's hard to make it work when you have different yeah. different art styles and all that and, like just seeing how everybody is breathing life into this in their own way and me taking taking it just a step back i'm like i'm in the back seat now just kind of like <laughs> saying like yeah it looks cool it looks awesome like i'm really excited where we're going like where are we stopping <laughs> mm -hmm. that's fantastic and it comes out uh the, the kickstarter starts on february 18th correct that's right how long does that run runs for 30 days we're doing all of our kickstarters for 30 days mm -hmm. um we are so we'll do this one and then glamorella's daughter issue two starts on march 1st once for 30 days and then blackjack demon starts after that at for issue two for at march 18th and we'll continue on that kind of pace until we basically have kickstarted every all through season one of all three it, all three comic storylines we're committed to putting out 11 comics um through national distribution come hell or high water. And essentially we have 11 comics to change the comic book industry in Oklahoma city. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. If we can't do it in 11 comics, then we'll reassess our lives. But if we make it work, if we can just sell some comics yeah, then that 11 comics will turn into another 22, 33, it'll go on and on and on until 
each story wraps up and then we bring in the next comic book comic book story to uh fill in its place so it's it's exciting this is the very beginning of something that is either going to be a spectacular success or a very admirable failure oh i believe it's going to be a spectacular success <laughs> i'm looking too. forward to it um uh, i gotta kind of wrap it up here but adrian where can people find uh, you on the World Wide web uh linkedin uh, that's kind of like what i use mm-hmm. um it's, i know it's not very uh let's say social i don't have instagram <laughs> um I have Facebook, but I haven't logged in for like a year now. Uh, You're doing but, a terrible job selling yourself, Adrian. Here, sorry, Adrian sorry Morales at LinkedIn.com. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's what you get when you get like oh, a, like like an engineer, I guess. Yeah, really, yes. <laughs> um, these guys make me self-aware sometimes. Like I, I don't oh, know sheesh. about these like, like like these blind spots that I have sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> And then I just see him go off on a tangent. I was like, what, what are you guys laughing about? <laughs> How interesting are you, Adrian? Oh, I'm really boring. I'm boring. <laughs> but we, you, we promised Utopia is we promised utopia.com, correct? Is that, that's where people can find more information about that, the website. Yes. yes. About the um, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say something really quick about Adrian. He is yes. the smartest person at the table. No, no. <laughs> For uh, sure. No. For sure. And, and <laughs> Part of the reason that we're able to do what we're able to do is whenever we started talking about We Promised Utopia and saw how smart Adrian was and how he was thinking about stuff that we weren't thinking about, we put his arm to put, to pull him into the council of kind of our, our board for Literati Press. And he is basically all the numbers and stuff that we're all like vaguely aware are important. And all the distribution and, li- and like all of the technical things that we don't think about is the stuff that we rely on him. So well, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I think I like, I like that title. Like maybe it's just like a technical dude at the table. Like that, that's, that's good movie. Okay. He's not the promotions guy. But no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. But so you can, but yeah. So I was just gonna say funny story right there with that. It's like, I had no idea how much like the art, community really hated looking at the numbers until <laughs> oh, one day yeah. i said oh yeah you guys want to do like a quick cash flow analysis like, like sure let me let me just pull up python i can just program it real quick and like run like 50 cases it's fine let's see like what we get what distribution and then i just kind of like typed it up and it was like this is awesome like you're 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 invited to the council now that's right so yes. that was, i think that was my ticket <laughs> he literally put one of our artists to sleep like yeah. his eyes glazed over he tried to roll back in no. his chair i thought he died that's right. it was pretty bad i'm a journalist that's why i got in journalism was so i didn't have to worry about math i just you know i didn't want to, have to deal with that at all i completely understand um eric where can people find you on the world wide web I am a i'm a terrible shill you can find me at geo creations that's j-e-o creations uh at on the World Wide Web, www.geocreations.com. You can find me on Facebook at Geocreations. You can even see my other comics like a Hero Doggy, The Space Corgi, the true story of the time my dog mistook a flying saucer for a Frisbee, or Enigma Machine, the sci-fi comic about a robot girl. You can find all these things on Facebook and Instagram. That's awesome. And nice. Charles? Uh, literati Press, cross social media, mm-hmm. um, Twitter, Instagram. Yada, yada, yada. We're going to go full front. Yeah, all my artists are going to be. If you're if you're even enticed by any of the content we've talked about today, my artists are going to start distributing images throughout the uh, following uh, forty days or so. And holy cow, like it's people are going to awesome. be so impressed. That's so um, awesome. And, and I just like to say, like, I don't I don't want to come off like off putting, like, oh, I don't really check my Facebook, but like, if people reach out to me on LinkedIn, 
like I've had people reach out to me on LinkedIn and it's like, Hey, are you the dude that did this? And it's like, yes, I am. And they're like, Hey, can you share some of your like manuscripts? It's mm -hmm. like, I will send those out. Like I have no issues with that. Like I reply <laughs> just like I'm there. Okay. And, and I, got, and I also got to say, Michael, like it's, it's awesome to put a face behind the voice. Like oh, really? to you yes. KOSU and all that, like, like, okay, it's awesome to see you. Don't make me use my broadcaster voice. I've done that before. No, no. <laughs> oh, I like it. I think it's great. Thank you, Michael Cross, for making time for us right. today. With a look at your KOSU <laughs> forecast. Yes. Uh, Charles, so, yeah, you're literary press. Com, Kickstarter. Yes. Yes. So that's uh, where you find our stuff. Yeah, and, and you guys have got all that on your website that, that when they're going to start and everything. So I'm just, I'm yeah, really yeah. excited. It's yeah, going to be thank great. you so much for everything you do for us. Yeah, and anytime Amen. you guys, if the next things you guys got going on, let me know because we're we're really excited. I think this is a it's I it again. I think it, this is the thing that's going to put Oklahoma City on the map when it comes to comic books is Literati Press and what you guys are doing. So, you too. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. So that's going to do it for our show. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Okie Geek Podcast. Our theme music was produced by Monument Studios. You can find me on Twitter at KOSU. Michael C. And do you or someone you know have an event coming up? Well, please let us know so you, we can talk about it on our show. You can find us on Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify and Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure and subscribe, rate us, and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Charles Martin, John Eric Osborne, and Adrian Morales, I'm Michael Cross, reminding you to keep calm and geek on. <laughs>